in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute privilege and pleasure to scour the world of contemporary Christian music and worship to bring to you some of the very talented artists, amazing stories, and wonderful music to share too. And this week, we've got someone who's not been on the show before. I, you know, I've just realised, I really hope that I say his surname right, but because I, I don't know, but maybe he'll correct me in a moment. Uh, uh, it's Mark and Schoolmeisters, Meisters. I don't know, we'll find out shortly. But first of all, let's hear this first track, which is from Revere. Uh, it's from their new live album called The Mystery of Christ, and the track's called All Hail. And that was All Hell from Revere. Hey, Mark, Helen, how are you doing? So good to be with you today. You said my name right. Did I? Yes. How? Yes, Schoolmeisters. Schoolmeisters. Mark Allen Schoolmeisters. Yep. It's German and it's Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Do you speak Dutch? Unfortunately, I don't. I wish I did. Oh, the end of that conversation there was, <laughs> we, 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 we won't go there. Um, but, uh, you know, lots of listeners in the UK will be familiar with numbers of the artists on the, the Revere project. Mm. Um, and I'd love to find out loads about that in a moment and, and yeah. tell us about the album. But before you do that, would you be happy to share your own personal story of your walk, how you became a Christian and how you came to become a Christian musician? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'm, uh, I grew up in a Christian family, Gordon, and uh, as far as I can remember, as far as I can recall, I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was four. Uh, that was where my first moment realizing I had a great grandmother who passed away. And in a conversation with my mom, I said, what happens now? And I had this whole conversation with her and she unpacked what it meant to put my trust in Jesus. And that was the beginning of me beginning to trust Jesus. And I started singing and playing music along the way, but it was in my high school years that it moved from just the assurance of my salvation and my eternity to really learning what it means to walk with Jesus. And that was us going through some really difficult times as a family. We went through um, some really hard, some hardship. Um, and it was then that my faith had to really become real. And I watched my parents go through a real season of brokenness. And then in, in the years that followed, I watched God restore their marriage. And I had this realization partway through that, that God reminded me, he said, just because I healed their marriage does not mean that you've allowed me to heal your heart. And so I went through this process of learning what it means to actually live with an open heart before the Lord. Um, when I was a teenager, a few years earlier, I wrote my first song and it was around the time that my grandfather passed away. And that became uh, the kind of the, the discovery for me of, writing songs like i think what david did where he kind of would psalm he would just pour out his heart to the lord and writing songs has become since i was a 10 12 13 year old the way that i process life before the lord and so through that season of hardship as a family in my late teens um i really leaned into jesus in a way that 
I couldn't have done before without having to walk through some trials and hardships. And so, you know, for, for me, I spent um, my teenage years and my 20s uh, pursuing music, writing music, being an artist, producing music. And then there was a point where God kind of arrested me and he said, you need to quit striving and you need to be faithful where I've planted you and trust me with the rest. And it was a period, I was about 24 years old at the time. And at that point in time, I was opening for artists and touring and all the things. And literally overnight, that just shifted. And I moved into just being present in a local church. And the next eight, nine years was just in a local church and then in another local church for another nine years. And in that process, it's been incredible because there were things that in my in my 20s that I, I, I had believed, I had seen pictures of what I had sensed God had called me to. And I thought in my 20s, my responsibility was to pursue it and to make it happen. And then when I learned to let go and say, okay, Lord, I have to trust your plans. I had to die to my dreams and I had to die to myself. And then it was literally 10 years later when I was in my mid thirties, I'm now 41. I was in my mid thirties and overnight, it was as if overnight, God opened up all of those dreams that he had told me, given me pictures of. I just had fragments of what, what it was that my life was to be about. And I discovered that it wasn't about the big thing. It was about learning to trust him in the here and the now, and that my calling was not to a location or even to a job or to a role but my calling was to follow his voice. And so um, that has led me now in the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, um, really, I'm just leaning in and going, okay, Lord, whatever you have today, that's what I'm going to be about. I'm going to go where I'm sent. I'm going to stay where I'm planted and I'm going to invest as though I'm going to be here for a lifetime and be ready to leave at a moment's notice to hold on, you know, to hold on loosely enough. I think sometimes in our lives, I know for myself, I want to step into something and then I take ownership of it and I hold it so tightly. And the Lord's really been teaching me to hold things with, with open hands. And so it's been a journey. I mean, that's a, that's a flash of, you know, 30 years of life um, since I was a 10 year old, but I will say it is the greatest joy and the greatest privilege to follow Jesus because those dreams that I thought that I had pictures of when I was 20, I know now that if I would have been allowed by the Lord to step into those things, I don't know that I would have survived them. There were things now that the perspective, you know, as you grow older, your, your perspective starts to change and you, you start to become more grounded in just who you are and whose you are rather than in what you're doing. And so for me, it's been an absolute privilege to see God do what only God can do. And the best part is, Gordon, is that all of the things between uh, my wife and I have now been married for 18 years, and we have two children, a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, from a family side, from a ministry side, local church ministry, to uh, writing and producing music and singing and leading people in worship, any of it and all of it, I step back and I go, I had nothing to do with this. This is the kindness of the Lord, all credit to Him and all glory to Him, and I am loving living in that place of going, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know the one who's going to hold on to it. And so I'm going to put my trust in him as we walk into that. And so you asked about Revere. Revere is something that we have uh, I've now begun being involved with over the last three or four years, something that we started uh, right before the COVID pandemic. And 
Revere is less of a project and it's more of an idea. And it's, it's about, um, and it's even not even one that we invented or created. It's really about people coming together before a holy God and fixing the focus of our songs and our worship on him. And, you know, in an era and a world where many of the songs that we sing in the church kind of revolve around us and what God can do for us, it's really a calling to say, let's return to elevating the name of Jesus and letting that be enough. And we receive the benefits and the byproducts of his holiness and his worthiness, but let's focus the subject matter of our songs and the heart of our worship, not on how good God is and how much that benefits our lives, but on how good God is because God is good and how holy God is because God is set apart. And so it's an absolute privilege, privilege to, to get to share you know, just a little bit of kind of what I've walked through, but my hope is that that would maybe encourage somebody wherever they're at in that stage of the journey, you know, whether you're early on or you're in the middle of it to say, okay, I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. And I have pictures of maybe what my life's supposed to be about, but I, I'm going to choose to take the path that's less traveled maybe and choose to not try and scheme and manipulate and manufacture things into reality, but to trust the Lord with my life and my future. Wow. I tell you what, it sounds like you've got to a really fantastic place on your journey with Jesus, because if you can just hold everything lightly and it doesn't sound like you're stressing about where God's taking you next, you just want to faithfully follow him, then actually, although it doesn't mean everything's going to work out brilliantly all the time, mm -hmm. it means wherever you're finding yourself, if you're following the call of his voice, yeah. you can, in that situation, be content and go, I'm just where Jesus needs me right now. It's a really common thing for a lot of people, myself included. You, you strive mm -hmm. to try and achieve the things that, that are your dreams. And uh, yeah. and it and it just sounds wonderful the way and you know what's interesting, the way that sometimes in these interviews themes come through, because I can think of at least two other artists who have said over the last couple of months that it was when they laid everything down, uh, and they said actually my not my not my will but yours be done. Mm -hmm. These dreams they don't they don't need to happen. I'm gonna just say I want yeah. to dream your dreams, and then God started to then open things up once once their character was the right place you mentioned if you'd had all your dreams back then you maybe maybe you can cope with it so um it's yeah. um it's great the way that god wants to release things to us when they don't harm us so um but mm, revere, that's so good you've got to tell us more about revere though so yes who is involved in revere there are oh it is it is dozens and dozens of songwriters and worship leaders many of whom you maybe have heard of and know um from the very, very first project we did, it was everyone from Doe to David and Nicole Binion and Leland and Thrive Worship and Corey Voss and Sarah Kroger and Darlene Check and William McDowell. And then it moved on to being Mission House. Uh, and we've just now released a recording, a project um, that we recorded last last October in Nashville, a live recording with people from all over the world. So there was Phil Thompson and Carrington Gaines and from Brazil, we had uh, Julia Victoria and Gabriel Giddis and uh, Gabby Sampaio. And we had David and Nicole Binion again and Mitch Wong and Steph Wong. And 
uh, Thrive Worship and Leland and May Angelus and Joseph Espinosa. I mean, it is, it was, it is a, it is huge. huge. And it's been a privilege because what we've seen over the last few years is this little kind of sub community in, in our world begin to emerge where we're gathering writers throughout different times in the year, whether it's on Zoom or in person and just challenging the thought process of what is it that we're writing about that we're right we are responsible you know i've heard i have a friend who says uh it will many people will not remember a 40-minute sermon but most will remember a four-minute song and the reality is is that much of the theology that we receive and have and live with in our world in our christian understanding of what faith is is based off of the songs that we sing and so there is a huge responsibility and a huge mantle that is placed on those that are the ones that are helping to give language to what it is that we believe. And so we want to steward that really, really well. We're not experts and we're a bunch of people who are really just trying to say, let's be humble people before a humble Christ and let's lean in and, and experience God's goodness together. So we have many artists and many songwriters and it's been so special. Uh, John Brevere spoke and has a track on the project just around kind of the ideas of the fear of the Lord, which is the theme of the of this project. This record is called The Mystery of Christ because we really believe that it is a mystery and there are layers to the character and nature of Christ. And so often we just, you know, we, we kind of simplify it down to Jesus is my friend and we're good. And it's like, no, there's, there's more, there's richness, there's there's history, there's heritage, there's something deep there for us to grab a hold of. And so it's really, uh, really, really fun. It's championed by Integrity Music, um, which is a music group. And the best way I have described it, Gordon, to people is I grew up in the 80s and the 90s on in the, the Integrity Hosanna worship era. And it's almost as if this is like the returning of Integrity Hosanna in 2020, 2023. So it's kind of that idea of let's gather people and have it less be a be less about a specific artist and more about the collective story that God is telling through all of these different people and different streams coming together. Wow. Well, I've got to say, it's a phenomenal piece of work and it really is it's epic. You don't feel short change mm -hmm. with this album. I'll tell you that. There are 17, 17 tracks on it, an hour and 38 minutes. I mean, sometimes people release an album and I listen to it. And it, it might be fantastic quality, but I go, oh, a little bit short. Could you have a few more tracks on it? Because uh -huh. it, I, I think it's great, but, the, but there's maybe maybe seven tracks on it or whatever. And you go, oh, it's, uh -huh. it's like a long EP. But this is like... This is a huge meal of a worship album, uh, and there's a, there's a track yes. on there that's over eleven minutes long. So, uh, which we will have as the final track uh, of our thing. We won't manage to play the whole yeah. thing, obviously, but it really gives you time to to mm. spend worshiping. If if you're listening at home and you're thinking, I'd like to find uh, an album that that will just take me on a worship journey. This is a great one to, to put wow. on, I would recommend, but you're going to need to make some space. So um, you, yeah. you, you don't want to just dip into one of the tracks and put it on. You want to just enjoy the whole experience. That I know you said mm. you're not experts. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe not um, compared to the average person. 
you've got some gifting and and it's something that you can release and take mm. us on these sorts of worship journeys so um so i know you humbly said you're not an expert but we're all, we're all learning we've all got more to learn you, you never finish learning yes, how are. to worship so yes. so you're still yes. you're still perhaps beginners but you're further along than the rest of us maybe so um for sure so it's a it's a it's a lovely lovely album um well thank you yeah it made my prep harder because there was so much to listen to but it was good so um so so i'm i'm very very grateful to have had that time just worshiping in it so um definitely want to recommend that to everybody at home to to look up revere on your favorite streaming platform the mystery of christ live so talking about worship have there been for you some moments in in worship for you personally where you go this has been just life-changing encounter mm. and if so can you tell us about them yeah you know i there i think many people want to lean towards thinking about the one the moments when i was at a big conference and there was all of you know there was a crowd of people um and there have been moments like that that have been really really beautiful and meaningful but there's a couple that come to mind that really have been the most have great make left the greatest impression on my heart um and one of which is sitting sitting at this piano right here down in this studio room where i work and create and singing a song that no one else is ever going to hear and just me and jesus uh, because i think i'm learning that we as people who are people who are leading and facilitating worship experiences our tendency sometimes to focus so much on what's going to happen with everyone else that we become we feel like it's our responsibility to direct or dictate how things move and like we were talking earlier about just having open hands, I think I'm learning that for me to be there, I have to see my role as being a facilitator and just being one that says, let's open the door and let's step in together. And so the best way that I keep my heart tender to that is having moments where I'm not recording a voice memo thinking, oh, how can I capture this idea for someone or something else? But it's just like, Lord, I just, I just want to, I want to acknowledge you. I want to revere you. I want to be reminded of who you are. Would you keep my heart tender and soft? Another, uh, another that comes to mind is when I was um, in my late teens, I was starting to lead worship. And I was kind of my, the part of my story I didn't tell you was that I was tricked into leading worship. So I had a pastor who <laughs> said, he said, hey, uh, you play guitar and you sing a little bit. I said, yeah, I was a drummer at the time and I just was happy to be in the background. He said, hey, could you just fill in and lead worship? I was a 17-year-old senior in high school, 18 years old. He said, would you be willing to just lead worship for our students on Sunday morning? We need somebody to fill in. And I said, oh, I guess I can do that. So I filled in on Sunday. And then the next week he said, hey, could you, could you fill in again? And I said, uh, yeah, I can do that again. And then the third week he said, would you fill in again? And after three weeks, I'm thinking, what is going on here? And he said, well, the guy who has uh, been leading, he just actually moved. And I'm thinking maybe you should just step into this role. And so um, I began learning how to lead worship with high school students who had just hearts and availability and maybe not as much ability. And so I spent my early years having moments of worship where it wasn't the most pristine or perfect, but our heart intent was pure. And so I remember moments um, 
with high school students where I began learning how to kind of teach the posture of worship. Like, why do we sing? Why do we lift our hands? And each, each and every time we would gather, I would just share one little thought of like, hey, we lift our hands as a sign of surrender. And it's, it's like when you were a little kid and you would reach up towards your parent when you wanted to be close or to be held. And so sometimes we just, it's like we're reaching out to God to say, God, I, I'm reaching for you. And so I would take moments like that. And I will never forget seeing a room full of high school students. And I never said, everybody lift your hands. I just said, if at some point you feel like your heart response says, Lord, I want to reach out to you, then I just want to encourage you when it's, when you feel like that, just go ahead and close your eyes and lift your hands. And I remember I had my eyes closed and I was singing. I opened my eyes and there's a room of maybe 30 or 35 high school students. So it's a small group of people. And it was, everybody's hands were in the air and it wasn't about that expression. But there was something that happens when people are willing to say, I'm going to step outside of my pride. You know, when you're in high school, you think you're pretty cool and you care about what people think and how you look. And you're more concerned about the person next to you maybe than about what you're actually thinking or singing about. And I'll never forget, seared in my mind, that picture of high school students with their hands in the air saying, I surrender to you, Jesus. And so those are some of the moments that kind of drive me and that, you know, as you asked, were really meaningful and marking on my life. I would love to know if you have one that, that comes to mind for you, because I would love to hear that as well. Well, that's kind of you to ask. Uh, I hadn't expected to be questioned, but I, I can... I, <laughs> so sorry. No, it's absolutely fine. So um, the, there will probably be numbers of worship moments, but actually there's a moment that when I was probably about... 19 I think and I was driving in my car by myself and I just said to to God I really want to make sure I'm living my life full out for you and being serious you and I remember pulling over my car at the side of the road uh, just down a back street and just pausing just to tell God I'm absolutely all in I'm totally going to go for this mm. I'm here for you and it was a profound moment and i uh, so 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 i it wasn't song worship but it was absolutely yeah. a laying everything down moment and and that that i think was uh, a moment that, that changed my direction just secured where i was heading uh, and Beautiful. made sure god's been at the front of it so so yeah um younger me but uh but lo looking back i think younger me made some wise choices so i'm um, so that that was okay um yeah yeah just 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 being serious with god giving him mm. the space and not and i could have just kept on driving but uh and just mm. thought well I've, I've 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 said that but i just needed to stop uh, and i probably stayed there for i don't know five ten minutes while i uh, mm. just make sure everything was with god which was which was good so beautiful thank you uh mark yeah. oh, that's, kind of, that's kind of you to ask um we've got another track to play mm -hmm. from you uh, the track's called Glory Be. Tell us all about Glory Be. Why did you write it? Uh, who's it for? Well, Glory Be is a song. Um, it was written by Sarah Kroger and Mitch Wong and myself. And Sarah came to us and said, "There is Sarah's a Catholic. And she said, there is a Catholic prayer that we pray at the end of every gathering for as long as I can remember. And it's this simple prayer that says, Glory Be to the Father, Glory Be to the Son. Glory be to the Spirit, as it was in the beginning, so it will be in the end. And so, glory be was our attempt to take a 
old prayer creed that has been uh, a staple in one stream of the church for centuries and to let it become like almost a benediction. And so on the recording, um, there is an actual benediction that was written and that was shared before the song. And we did this recording in a, in a room. There was probably 125 people that were there. So it was a small gathering. So it's black box, we called it a black box. It was in the middle of a, a production company's uh, warehouse. So this big black box and we had kind of a platform in the middle of the room and we had seats with people and we took a 10 minute break and we pulled the piano down into the middle of the room and we got rid of all of the chairs and uh, Dwan Hill played piano. Dwan and I and uh, Mae Angelis came down and we had all of the artists pile back up on the stage and all in around and we put everybody just kind of in the round and we we closed our night with this song and it was it, the night was special and then when this happened it was like it was one of these holy moments where you had this sense of wow the lord has descended on us and i will say it was not a moment of hype you know there are some moments where they're highly emotional and and they're charged and you feel like oh yeah we're revving people up this was like there was a groundswell within the hearts of the people in the room and to sing the simple prayer glory be to the father and glory be to the son and at the end it goes into this just big crescendo of singing the word amen which just means so be it let it be done and so this idea of hey before before darkness and light jesus was that we worship the god the father and the son that has pre-existed since before time and will exist when time is no more and we have the privilege to step in and to join with the angels and the saints for centuries and generations before and generations to come with one voice lifting up the one and only name together and so it is a song that has become kind of an anthem for us to just say we want the glory not to be to us but the glory be to you and to you alone walk the pages of time you paid the ultimate price That was Glory Be by Revere, uh, and I'm so pleased that Mark Allen, schoolmeester, is still with us today to talk to us about, well, his life and also uh, Revere and what's been going on there as well. But right now, Mark, it'd be really great if you were happy to pray for listeners. I would love to. Let's pray together. If you're driving in a car, maybe keep your eyes open. Um, but if you want to just pause, let's pause. Uh, God, we acknowledge you, and I pray in this moment, whether it's by listening to a song or seeing a sunrise or a sunset or the beauty of nature and hearing, seeing stars out at night or hearing birds, I pray that people who are listening today would encounter you 
And I pray that you would continue. You are constantly making yourself known to us. I pray that we become aware. Uh, whether we've known of you or known you for a long time or we're just starting to think about you, I pray that you would increase our awareness of you and that your reality would become tangible to us. And so I pray that uh, our experience of you would not be limited to a song, not be limited just to a moment, but it would be much, much bigger and deeper and broader than that. And so, um, Lord, would you meet us right where we're at, whether our season is broken or we are um, on the mountaintop and everything in between. Lord, we invite you. We know that part of what makes you so significant, Jesus, is that you step into our reality and you don't just try and extract us from it, but you join us in our suffering. And so I pray that as we suffer, as we journey, as we walk, I pray that we would know that you are right there with us. And so, Lord, would your your blessing and your kindness be sensed and available to each and every person under the sound of my voice today. And we pray that you would get the credit that you're due for the work that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Mark Allen. So what church do you go to? I'm at a church in, in the United States called Eagle Brook Church. It's a church up in Minnesota. So I'm in the northern part of the country and um, leading worship and a part of a team of musicians there and have a community of other people that were trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. And it's interesting you talked about how following Jesus isn't boring. And I think it's actually a lot of fun. And we laugh a lot. We joke around a lot. I think that God has a sense of humor and that we're made in God's image. And so uh, everything that we del we find delight in, I think, is part of a picture of God's character and nature. And so it's been a real joy to get to follow Jesus with people going, hey, we're not perfect and we're not going to pretend to be perfect, but we're going to put our trust in Jesus and we're going to walk this thing out together and we're going to have grace for each other and know that God has grace for us. Yeah. Church is family. Families can be messy, yeah. um, but also families can be enormous fun. What do you do with your family for fun? We love to go on bike rides. So my son is 14 and uh, he loves to take, we love to go out on the road. Last week we went for the first time on this, it's like a backwoods trail. They call it a single track. I've never done this before, but you take a, a mountain bike and you're going, you know, dodging and weaving between trees and rocks and going over bridges. It's exhilarating. And I got done after about 20 minutes and I was like, oh, that was a full body workout. So we love to go on walks and we have a little puppy that we love to take him on walks and we love to ride bikes and spend time together outside. Uh, we have, we live in Minnesota where it, it is snowing uh, from about October and November until uh, March. And wow. so it's cold. So we'll do, we'll go skiing. Uh, it's like mountain skiing, but we don't have mountains here. So we just ski, downhill ski on big hills. And uh, that's what we like to do in the wintertime. And then it's spend time outside in the summer. Wow. That, that sounds pretty cool. So did you cross country skiing or is it just downhill? It's just downhill. I grew up cross country skiing and downhill skiing, but we are just, we're just down, doing downhill now these days. Okay. So downhill always seems a bit easier to me. Yes. So, but, but you're not, so you're not exactly far from Canada, basically. No. Yeah. We are, we're from the border of Canada. We're about four or five hours car ride. Yeah. In, in US terms, that's close. In, in the UK, that's miles away. Um, yeah. So, um, but, but yeah. Okay. So mountain biking, just to say, 
I used to be in a mountain biking team. You wouldn't believe it. Look at me now. But um, but uh, and uh, I actually had a cycling accident which stuck me in hospital for a week. So if you are cycling, I would say stick a helmet on your head because it saved my life. Yes. That's just a general public safety announcement that I thought I'd make in yes. the middle of my show. But uh, so if you're off road, definitely be uh, be wearing them. Okay. And and so that's your son who's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, your other child, boy or yep. girl? My daughter, she is 12 and she is a competitive dancer. So she's, you know, doing ballet and tap and hip hop and lyrical dance. And so what that means is that she's at a dance studio often. So we'll be going to see her compete uh, with her team and do solos. And so I'll spend a lot of time just being a, a parent of a dancer and just enjoying watching her do what she was made to do. So it's a real privilege to watch them, you know, have each of their strengths. My son loves to play the drums and my daughter loves to dance. And so we just, you know, God makes us each unique and with different things that make us tick. And it's so fun as a parent to get to see your kids come alive and see what God has made them to be. And and for your kids, 12 and 14, are they both loving church as well? Yes, they are. Yeah, they, they go yeah. on Wednesdays. Uh, they'll come on Sunday with us as a family, but Wednesdays they have kind of their, their youth group or their student group. And, you know, they're with their peers and they're learning to follow Jesus with people who are going through the same thing that they are in middle school. And so it's a privilege to watch them, you know, learn to have their faith not be mom and dad's, but the beginning of their faith becoming their own. And they have all the questions and the world that they're growing up in is so complicated. And yet uh, we just have said as parents, we're, we're not, we don't think God is afraid of our questions. And so we're not gonna be afraid of the questions either. And so we're gonna wrestle through questions of faith and go back to what does the Bible actually say and do our best to raise our children in a way that honors the Lord till the day that they leave our house that hopefully the things that they've had put into them and they've learned will carry them through and their faith will become their own yeah that's probably probably all christian parents prayer for their kids yes their kids will come to know jesus Uh, and what do you feel in the u.s at the moment is the biggest challenge facing teenagers Mm, i think the biggest challenge is identity in that everything they see you know we there's a generation that is being raised on social media and so they see what everyone else and what everything else is and they're trying to figure out who they are in the midst of all of that and you know when i grew up we didn't have all these other voices and things and so many you know so many things coming at us all the time with so many messages and so we're seeing with our kids and I think with all the kids that um, many of them are just dying to have someone affirm them. Like Jesus, when he, when he was baptized, it was his father who said, you are my son, with you I am well pleased. Before he did anything, his father was pleased and affirmed and said, you're good enough, you are mine. And I think, I think the children of this, this generation are seeking that type of approval and they don't know where to find it whether they're going to find it in their parents or not but there everyone is looking for something or someone to say you matter you're significant you're enough and i think i think the message that i am seeing the kids wrestle through is who am i am i enough that's the question they all ask 
and there's they're they're constantly trying to project and to find and discover and post and get the likes and to see the people affirm and it all comes down to that simple thing of is my identity do i know that god says i'm enough does that god says i am his child and that's sufficient and i don't have to prove anything i don't have to strive i don't have to accomplish anything to earn that love i just get to step into it and receive it so that's where i sense oh i think that's the uphill climb for this next generation is lord would you make yourself known so that each child would step in to life with that confidence of i don't need anyone's approval because god has spoken and that's enough wow yeah it's i think i think people say it's almost quite glibly jesus is the answer but but being realistic when we're talking about identity there's no doubt that jesus has the answers that people are desperately seeking i think i saw a stat this week from a mental health charity that said 41 percent of gen zers are struggling with mental health issues mm. uh, that to me sounds like yeah. extraordinary situation to find ourselves in um and uh, i know um that god has answers to all the different struggles that people are going through it's not always the easy answer it's not it's not just solve the problem right. it's definitely not a magic wand but yeah. it absolutely if you, you can ask questions of god and interrogate the bible and it stands up to scrutiny so i think it's one of the things that you're right you need to help you help your kids with those big questions and then look to see what does god say about them so 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 helpful okay so you know we talked about social media and how how bad and negative it can be but there is some good stuff on social Absolutely. media i guess are, are you on social media i am on social media so if people want to connect with you to maybe get some of that goodness how, how do they find you um my my profile would be mark allen schoolmeasters m-a-r-k-a-l-a-n schoolmeasters is s-c-h-o-o-l-m-e-e-s-t-e-r-s so I'm just at Mark Allen Schoolmeasters on all of the platforms, or you can also go to at Revere, Revere underscore live will be where Revere's profile is for social media as well. And we have with Revere, we have resources on YouTube. We have a 24 hour channel of uh, worship music that's constantly playing that you can tap into any time of the day, no matter where you're at in the world. Um, and then there's resources as well on uh, Instagram and other social media platforms as well. Wow, twenty-four hour worship. You can just go and yes. Okay, that's that's pretty nice. So that's generous of you. Um, one thing I don't like about YouTube is the adverts. So there you are worshiping, mm. and then an advert comes. I would have to pay for the the, the package without the adverts. So I was going to do twenty-four hour worship, worship stint with that because that's what do my head in. Yes. Um, but, but other than that, that sounds really really great. So you can actually join in with some of the worship sets there. That's that's lovely, um, and things like. Obviously, some of these songs will be songs that people might want to take into their mm -hmm. church and things like that. What about, what about, is there a way to find out yep. how to play them in your church? Yeah, there, so we'll have, we have all of the, the actual tracks are available at multitracks.com. And as well as we have chord charts at integritymusic.com, there's going to be links there to get to uh, the projects and to get a hold of all of the chord charts and things that you might want to have for the songs if you want to be able to use them and share them and you know like you said integrity the heartbeat of integrity is to really provide resources to help support the local church and so uh 
if they're there, if they serve your context in your community, then that's a privilege for us to get to partner with you wherever you are all around the world. Sounds fantastic. What, what a great thing. I would encourage people to go and take a look at those resources because uh, maybe even if you're not leading worship yourself in church, maybe you could go and uh, drop an email to your worship leader saying, hey, I found this great mm -hmm. stuff because it might really bless some people hugely. Uh, that would be my my recommendation. So I guess it'd be interesting to know about the Bible, though, because I'm clearly yeah. you're talking about singing truth. I'd like to know what's your favorite Bible story and why? Hmm. Uh, my favorite is David. When David is um, in the field, it says that Saul uh, was tormented and needed someone to soothe him. And so he said, send, some, send for someone. And they said, well, you should have David come. And they, it was interesting that they, they said, he is a man of, he's gifted but they didn't stop there. And he was a man of noble character. And he was a man who was fine looking. He took care of himself. He had self care. And finally the Lord was with him. And to me, that's a reminder and a picture of the things that are the ingredients that are so important for us to be available to God. Oftentimes we just want to have the talent and think, okay, I'm gifted. I've got talent. Therefore my gift shall make room for me. And I should just be able to just do what I want because I'm good at it. But it's more than just your gift. It's that you have character. It's that you actually take care of yourself and you have dignity in who God has made you to be. And the Lord is with you. And so for me, it's that picture of David. I've, I see my, I see some things in David. I don't see all the things. David was this mighty man who also fell in a big way. But there's things that I resonate with David in that he would often withdraw to the fields and he would just write songs and just process with God. I feel like that's how I handle life is the same way in a similar manner. And so that's the story that is still to this day is one of my favorites. My favorite verse is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, uh, verse 15. And it says, uh, in repentance and rest is your salvation and in quietness and trust is your strength. And then it goes on to say, and you would have none of it. And so you will run and your pursuers will be more swift. And I think it's my favorite verse because most of our lives, the way that we live our lives is not that repentance and rest is where we find our salvation. We find our salvation in our pride and our busyness. And we find our strength, not in quietness and trust, but in, in activity and in self-reliance. And so it's the verse to me that cuts at the core of who I am that reminds me, oh, buddy, you cannot, you, your instinct is to want to lean on you and on your abilities and your strengths and your experience. You have to remember to return, to be repentant and restful, to be quiet and trusting. And that that is where you are going to find your strength and that is where you're going to find your salvation. Yeah, wow. Oh. And if I can just speak into being quiet, I'll tell you what, very bad thing mm. for a radio presenter to talk about. Um, I, but I'm going to just say this, make some space in your life to be quiet mm. and to have some peace. So yesterday, my wife and I went for a walk. Oh, we went to a place called the New Forest, beautiful forest. Um, uh, and it, it just chucked with rain just as we were arriving really heavily. 
and there was this fantastic rainbow and it's like oh this is great and we were, we were on our walk and we were just praying together uh, and then i said oh why don't we why don't we try just having five minutes of quiet and uh, so i set a timer hmm. and just for five minutes we just walked holding hands just enjoying the beauty that was around hmm. us god's amazing creation so in the middle of life being really hectic it's really good really yeah. good to find that space of quiet as well so i don't want to tell you to turn off the radio but sometimes turn off the radio yeah just go and sit down with jesus yeah. and just reflect on the stuff that's good around you uh, and make space to hear his voice that would be my encouragement quiet is sometimes mm. i think people are scared of quiet and they they put on the radio and they put on the music to, to fill all the space so they're not alone but sometimes mm -hmm. being alone with god and what he's made is there couldn't be a better place to be i think it's a really he healing Agreed. space so just sort of pick up on, on so quiet I said. okay so um for yourself uh, you've mentioned worshiping i love that just worshiping by yourself um for people who perhaps haven't really been on this journey yet they don't know much about well, how how mm. and why am i worshiping what, what would what would that look like what tips mm. would you have for people who mm. want to try and go further in worship and why are they doing it mm. Mm. that's a great question i think at the core of it we were all made to worship and we all worship something so uh we're talking today somewhat about musical worship as in singing a song that gives credit to god for who god is and what god has done but i would guess i would encourage you to think about what is your favorite sporting team if you have a sports team that you follow if you ever have gone to a stadium and you see people cheering they're cheering on their favorite player or their favorite team and they're being a fan that's worship um it's it's celebrating it's acknowledging someone or something outside of yourself and so when you start talking about worshiping god it's doing that same thing but it's acknowledging god who is outside of yourself for what god has done so it could be as simple as like you said yesterday taking a walk in the forest and seeing a rainbow or seeing the rustling of the leaves and just pausing and looking up and going someone made this someone created this wow that's worship and so i would encourage you to take a step in the direction of doing something that allows you to see something that you didn't make something that you didn't create something that has existed go in your backyard or go to a forest or go to a lake or go to a pond and just listen and look and experience what it is and acknowledge okay whether i know who god is or have an understanding or not God, you created this. You are the, you made beautiful things. I give you credit. This is pretty cool. That's worship. And so that's one way that you could begin. Another way is to take some of the resources that you've been suggesting of songs. That's what worship music is. It's songs that acknowledge God's authorship and creativity that say, God, you're great. God, you made this. God, we're giving you credit. And it's, it's giving us language so that our hearts and our minds are reminded because I'm a forgetful person. I forget so easily that God is at work and I forget what I learned yesterday and I'm dumb enough to repeat the same mistakes today. And so sometimes hearing a song that then gets stuck in my mind that, I go, oh yeah, you are worthy. Okay, what does worthy mean? It means they're like deserving of credit. Okay, yeah, you're deserving of credit. 
you know, it's, it's thinking about what it is that we're actually singing. And so taking these songs, whether it's taking these songs on a walk or just taking a walk and experiencing the beauty of nature, I think there is so much that's all around us that points us to the existence of a God that wasn't accidental, that our lives are not just a blip on the radar and just happen to be here, but there's purpose and there's meaning to it. And when we step outside and say, okay, I don't know fully how this all works, but I recognize that there's someone who's behind all of this. It's too good. It's too good for, it's like the best movie scene. You're like, someone had to have thought this through. It was not accidental that we are living with beautiful scenery and in beautiful places with beautiful people that are around us. Something's up with this and I want to find more. That's what worship is. That's, that's the way I would begin is to just step in that direction with openness and say, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm open. So God, would you make yourself known? And I, I'm almost convinced, I'm almost certain that if you make that bold prayer and you take that courageous step, that you're going to be surprised in the days and the hours that come that someone's going to cross your path or something is going to cross your path that is going to go, oh yeah, this, this is a little bit of what I just prayed for. I'm getting an answer to my prayer because God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to make his presence known and he wants us to grow in our awareness and our understanding and our admiration and our love for him. Wow. Well, what an encouragement, what a beautiful answer. Thanks so very much, Mark Allen. Welcome. Question about when when you're leading worship, particularly in fact, with, with those high schoolers, uh, who were yeah. your inspirations as you were growing up? Who were the, the singers, songwriters, bands, worship leaders that you went, oh, these, these guys are so helpful for me in my worship journey? Mm. I, have, I have so many. But the, in those early years, it was um, Delirious, it was Matt Redman, it was Chris Tomlin, it was, um, even before that, it was Lincoln Brewster and Danny Chambers and Paul Balash and Darlene Check, And um, it was just people that are still to this day many of my heroes, um, and they're people that just were honest and on a journey of figuring out, okay, we're going to lead worship, you know, delirious. I remember when I was 16 and I got my driver's license, uh, King of Fools was the album. That was the CD at the time that I put in my car. My first day I drove a car for the first time as a 16 year old. And that was my soundtrack for the next year of my life, that album. And so, uh, there are many, many, many people, um, that have shaped, you know, my perspective of who God is and each of them, I think never settled for saying they figured it out. They all were in a place of, let me remain with awe and let me remain with wonder. And that has encouraged and inspired me. But many of them are from the UK. The UK has been a huge yeah. part in shaping my Yeah, Delirious and, and Matt, absolutely. If, if there was one song and you only allowed one song for the rest of your life, which song, so it's going to be, it's going to be in your, your car CD player and it's stuck on just that track. Which, which track would it be that you'd choose? That's a really, really interesting question. Um, I think I have 
I'm going to break the rules and I'm going to answer with two. I think I'm going to answer your question two ways. One is, what's the one song that I wrote that I would, okay. if I could only sing one song for the rest of my life, this, that, that would be one. And then the other is, what is the song that I'm going to continue to come back to? The song that um, is a song called My Only Response. And it's a song that I wrote in a really, really difficult season over the last few years. And um, it says, basically, no matter what I face, let praise be my only response. It's my only option is to give God thanks, whether, whether seasons are good or seasons are not. Um, and then the song that has been a staple for many, many years, Matt wrote it, Matt Redmond wrote it, it's called uh, The Heart of Worship. And this old song, I still can't get past and can't shake just to strip it all away and to come back to reminding my heart, you know what? It's not about anything that we add to it. Although all of those things are good about the things that we contribute and add to the song and to the experience, but Lord, we're coming back and let us stay back at that heart of worship that's just pure and just says, it's all about you. It's not about what we make it. It's not about what we add to it. Wow. Brilliant, brilliant choices. So, um, uh, and, uh, and Matt Redman, that one pro probably be quite high up my, high up my list. I, I couldn't really do it. I don't know how I'd get down to just one track. So, um, so it's a hard, that's a hard it, question. I might, my answer might be different next yeah, week. Yeah, that's fair enough, but you can't change it. You have to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm grounded, grafted in for life now. We've got time for one more track from you. What, what's the track called, Mark? It is called The Name of the Lord. Um, it's a song that was written by uh, Duan Hill and Addison Bervere and Mitch Wong. And it's a simple song that reminds us of what the who the name of the Lord is, that he's holy, he's worthy. And uh, it's led by Leland and uh, May Angelis and Joseph Espinoza. And it is a song that turned into an 11-ish minute song. And we continue just to kind of sit in this moment so i don't know that we'll get to hear the full 11 minute version today but it is it is such a simple and yet powerful song the, the verses say that you will prove prove yourself holy to the nations by our love that not just that we sing the right songs but that god's character will be proven and reinforced by the way that we live our lives and so uh, Lord, let your name be glorified, not just in our song, but also in our lives. And it's, it's, a, it's the prayer that we pray as we go, that it's easy to sing a song with a group of people, but it's a lot harder to go live the message of that song in the rest of the days of our week. And so it's a, it's a commissioning to say, let's go. Let's live the name of the Lord in the way that we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. For the sake of your great name, Death is defeated, you are forever lived. We lift you up, Jesus, for the sake of your great name. Oh, we surrender to the mystery of Christ. And that was the Name of the Lord by Revere. Just a reminder, that album is called The Mystery of Christ. And thank you so very much to Mark Allen Schoolmeasters for joining us today on The Artist Interview. What a joy to meet him. Uh, so grateful for his ministry and his passion to see people worshiping. Just say there are many other interviews from wonderful people 
great music and stories here, just pop onto your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview Podcast. It's the one with the red logo. Share it with your friends. There's so much blessing in it, so much truth of God, uh, and so much for you to enjoy. And I look forward to being with you on the next episode of The Artist Interview. God bless you. You've been listening to The Artist Interview, a Hope FM podcast. Find us at hopefm.com forward slash The Artist Interview.